Planet Earth, Michael Litton, the last DJ host of Ride the Vibe, broadcasting from the beautiful living room-like studio here in Roswell, Georgia, DRS ATL, Waheed Gomes, the owner and executive producer of the show. And in the spirit of uh, full transparency, just want to let you all know that we are social distancing appropriately. Waheed is in a completely separate room. He's got the door closed. I've got the door closed. And I'm just over the moon stoked. This is our first show since the world changed. And I I had the epiphany. I said, well, we can do a show in social distance, particularly if our guest is remote. So in this case, I've got uh, just so honored to have David uh, Bucket Caldwell on the show. And he's calling in from the UK. So you can't get much more social distance than that. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, my gosh. Just such a pleasure. And we're, we're going to have a, just a, a fascinating show and conversation. And for your fans that are legion, because you you just are a musician extraordinaire, the way we roll ride the vibe is we do a CD listing party format. So we like to encourage the listeners to sit back in a comfortable environment and get a beverage of their choice. Now, in the studio, we're featuring some uh, Kaomi Crazy Tropical Trippin' Smoothie. And in the spirit... Good Lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it is... Uh, we are celebrating 420. <laughs> and I am wearing my hemp shirt with my uh, with my hemp logo on it. <laughs> I was going to say that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we've got our Tropical Trippings we're featuring. And we also have a nice wellness shot in the spirit of, uh, you know, trying to build up our immune systems. And this was all provided by my good friend, Phil Wall. At uh, He's a proprietor of the Kaomi Crazies. And, you know, Phil is a tribute to the entrepreneurial spirit that we're really seeing here and the, and the good that people are really doing out there in the world in this crazy times. He's launched a program called Feed the Frontline. And Phil's taken donations and then he's so he can keep his employees working. And then he's taken uh, the money you give him and he's making meals for the folks on the front line in these hospitals in the surrounding area of Roswell. He's got four or five that he's going to and he's personally delivering these really healthy uh, meals along with this wellness shot. So just can't say enough about uh, Phil and you can check out Kami Crazy on uh, kailmecrazy.net and look at either the Alpharetta or Roswell locations to make your donation. And for every dollar that you donate, they're getting there's an organization that's matching it. So it's almost two for one. And uh, Phil's doing a great job delivering those meals out to the folks. So Dave, th- this is a, <laughs> I feel kind of embarrassed to ask this question because it's kind of an obvious one, but uh, the middle name, Bucket, how did, how did that come about? Oh, good grief. Um, I don't know you well enough, Michael. I, I'll just say it's, it's, it's nothing to do with bodily fluids, internal or external. And just leave it at that. All right, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I have to give a shout out to uh, our mutual friend, Lucy Pillar, with uh, All Right Now Entertainment. And she uh, she lives here in the in the North Fulton area. And hooked uh, Dave and I up. Just so gracious to do that. So really appreciate Lucy for uh, for the introduction to Dave. And this is the last DJ's second anniversary. Not today, but Good Friday. Two years have been doing the show, Dave. So that's great. Yeah, that's great. Pretty cool. But at any rate, what um, you have got a new project out. Tw- uh, Twenty Good Summers. Talk about that project. And uh, the re- release of that in 2018, if you would, Dave. Okay. Um, 
I, I did a, a solo album um, called Guitars, Beers and Tears yeah. um, about, oh, that was about eight years ago. And um, I, I just wanted to go in and record songs that I wanted to record. And I got a lot of dear friends uh, to sing on it. Um, in fact, 10 lead vocalists, including oh uh, Adrian Smith from Iron Maiden, Danny Bowes from Thunder, Spike from the Choir Boys, um, Becca Bramlett, Steve Conti from the New York Dolls, and so on. These are all friends of mine. Yeah. They all sang a song. And yeah. We had a great time doing the record. Um, when I came to release it, um, it was very hard to to – DJs, press, etc., were hard to pigeonhole it. Yeah. They couldn't quite. They'd be saying, "You know, are you going to? Is Adrian Smith going to be on the road?" And I'm like, "Well, not really. He's playing to millions of people in Rio with Iron Maiden." Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, so for this new record, um, I'd hooked up with a very old friend of mine, Paul Edwards. Uh, we were in a band called Seven Twenty about thirty, forty years ago. Wow. Um, and he's a great songwriter and he's the drummer. So we just yeah. said, well, let's do an album, yeah. you know, under a band name. So it's the band is Buckets Rebel Heart. Yeah. And the the lineup is the same throughout the album. Yeah. Um, I brought in a singer called Jim Stapley, who I'd been in Kenny Jones' band from The Faces and The Who. Uh, We've worked together for about seven years. So we put this uh, 20 Good Summers album yeah. together. I love it. And we're going to play, uh, you know, I, I didn't mention in the intro because <laughs> I've lost my mojo a little bit, but so the CD listening party format, we're going to play a portion of a no, about five, six year songs. Okay. And we're going to work uh, from current back uh, all the way to your time with Bad Company and Humble Pie. And uh, so want people to stick around and we're only going to play a little bit of the song because we want people to go out and buy the music because it's tough. Dave and I were talking in the run-up to the show. It is very, very hard to make money. And, and Dave, you mentioned this is the first time in your lengthy, stellar career that uh, the cash flow is not coming in because you're not gigging, right? I mean, it's hard. Well, the the business changed, you know, quite a while back yeah. with, um, you know, the internet, et cetera, whereby, you know, most acts, you know, unless you're Beyonce or Bruce Springsteen, you don't make any money off of albums. Right, so the only right. way to make a living is to go out yeah. and tour, you know, yeah. go out and gig live. And, and, of course, everybody's out there. So that's you sort of got more and more people yeah. wanting a, you know, a, a bigger slice of an ever-shrinking pie. pie. Right, 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 right. <laughs> But of course, uh, but of course, it's all stopped now. You know. Yeah. Now, right. But anyway, for, for the right reason, I might add. Yes. You know, I'm not. not yeah. so, you know, we've got to stop all this. You know, getting together because we'll never get shot of this virus. Yeah. Otherwise, people have just got to stay at home. You know. And listen to music and listen to podcasts. So I think because the song is so appropriate. 20 Good Summers, because we're coming up on summer. Uh, Wahid, if we could tee, tee that up. Let's play a little bit of that song off of Dave's uh, album, debut, or uh, Bucket's Rebel Heart album.
Michael Litton, the last DJ, Ride the Vibe. That was 20 Good Summers off of Rebel Hearts uh, album, just new release. And Mark Taylor record of Record Collector said, Springsteen, Leonard Skinner, Georgia Satellites, Bad Company, Humble Pie. If you like any of those bands, there is no reason why you will not like 20 Good Summers. 12 cracking songs. And I would agree. Outstanding stuff. And Dave, uh, you wrote all those with Paul, uh, right? With Paul, yes. Yeah. I love so, it. So, uh, yeah, it's the album we should have made 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, better late than never, as my friend yeah, Peter yeah. Perkins says in the intro. <laughs> we were honing it. <laughs> yeah. And and that was uh, mixed in Nashville by uh, Grammy Award winner uh, Ben Fowler, right? Yeah, yeah. Ben's a dear old friend of mine. Uh, mixed, um, engineered a couple of Bad Company albums when I was in the band. Yeah. Uh, we've stayed friends for forever, really. And you made your debut, as I understand, uh, it, at the uh, Sweden Rock Festival in 2018 and uh, just blew the place up, I guess, right? Well, yeah. Not literally, uh, of course. <laughs> no, I mean, that was our first gig. And yeah. it was, you know, quite a thing to put together because uh, Jim Singer lives in America. Yeah. He's up uh, in Minneapolis, isn't he now? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the keyboard player lives in Denmark. Yeah. Um, uh, Taff, the drummer, was living in Malta. Wow. Um, so we got together for like two afternoons in London for a rehearsal. Oh, my gosh. Um, with, without the keyboard player, I couldn't afford to get him over. So oh, my <laughs> we, we met him at the airport in, oh in uh, Denmark when we flew in on the show day. Oh, my God. And Lord. I just, just put him in the back of the van for 20 minutes and said, okay, that's how this done. <laughs> but with consummate but, musicians, uh, you can you can do that. Yeah, it was great. And we had a yeah. great slot, 8 o'clock on a Saturday night. Um, uh. We've actually got a Buckets Rebel Heart YouTube site and a Facebook site okay. um, yeah. where you can see videos from that show. Nice. Uh, th there's a store on there so you can buy right. albums yeah. and a bit of merch and stuff like that as yeah. well. Well, they gotta do, we got to do, do that. Uh, you know, now's the time. People are staying home. Blessfully, and uh, you know, should be listening to a lot of music, and this, that's a great album. So, and we're gonna play another uh, cut uh, off of that after we uh, take this short break. Again, uh, talking about the studio we're in here, DRS ATL, Wahid Gomes, and then we're gonna be right back, and we're gonna cue up Rebel Heart off of that uh, same uh, great CD. So, stay with us. We'll be right back. Michael Litton, the last DJ. DRS provides professional audio mixing and mastering services. They also provide other creative services, such as voiceover editing, audio restoration, and audio forensics. They have great customer service, their work is fast and efficient, and their prices are affordable. You can learn more about their creative services by visiting them on the web at drsatl.com. Again, that's drsatl.com. Or call them at 404-590-0779. Again, that's 404-590-0779. DRS, when the right sound matters. You are back on Ride the Vibe. Michael Litton, the last DJ. Dave, we wish uh, you were here in ATL sharing one of these tropical trippings with us. But uh, next time you get here, we'd love to uh, love to meet you in person. That'd be great. I like Atlanta. I've uh, spent quite a few t times there. Um, our management with Bad Company yeah. were from Atlanta. So, oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to hear a Bad Company song, but not right away. Okay, because <laughs> we want to promote this new this new <laughs> CD, Twenty Good Summers, and get people to go out and buy uh, buy the songs, buy the CD, buy the whole thing. Dave, talk a little bit about you know how you touched on it uh, earlier, how the music industry has so changed, and you know talk about your decision to do an album. I've had you know a couple musicians on the show said they didn't think they were ever going to do an album again just because people aren't buying buying them that way. You know they're buying songs one off and this and that. Talk a little bit about that, if you would. Again, I mean, with this Rebel Heart album, we wanted to do, you know, 
we're both a gentleman of a certain age and we wanted to make a, a record like the old albums yeah, like yeah. you got you know an a side with five tracks and a yeah. b side with five tracks and make a cohesive record with no filler yeah. you know the way the industry is if you don't get the first song out there selling you know they're not going to sign you for a second one so we wanted to make a record like we used to buy yeah. and yeah and took a long time in you know in writing the material we yeah. didn't want any filler on there we yeah. wanted every song to stand up on its own merit yeah um with jim stapley singing uh, i mean paul and i write the lyrics and yeah. the most difficult thing is finding someone who can sing it but yeah. sell it and make it believable yeah yeah you know there's a load of good singers who can hold a tune but you need to believe it you know, and Jim certainly does that because a lot of the songs lyrically are kind of, you know, we're both fans of Springsteen. We yeah. like to think of it as a, like watching a movie, yeah. you know, be, you know, not shoving it down your neck, be a bit ambiguous, but, mm-hmm. you know, have, have a story, you know. Well, talk, and talk about, speaking of so, uh, stories, talk about Rebel Heart because it sounded to me like perhaps there was some autobiographical, you know, born with a rebel heart. My daddy was a rebel. Well, it is, I mean, both, I keep saying Paul, his name is Taff. We call him Taff. It's the same guy. (laughs) (laughs) But both of us have spent many years in America. um, And we've gleaned a lot from American music. We're both massive fans of Springsteen and Keith Urban and the Eagles and, it's like a jerk. A friend of mine said, "Listen to that album. It's like you know, you're in a car driving across America. Yeah. You know, it's very American-based, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, my dad was a you know a film lighting engineer um, for movies and stuff, so he was on the road forever. Yeah. You know, and I've I've been on the road forever. You know, I." Went on my first tour when I was 14. The oh headmaster of my school was not very pleased. Yeah. <laughs> he called, called my family up asking if I actually went to school. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Who'd you tour with at 14, Dave? Ah, oh, this was a, it was hilarious. The name of the band was Take That, <laughs> <laughs> which my dad owned, and he tried to sue oh. the big Take That many oh. years after. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And who, so, you know, how did you, or when did you first know that you were more creative, you were more talented musically? I mean, how did that come about? When? I mean, I had a plastic Beatles guitar when I was uh, about four. Yeah, yeah. And uh, would never put it down. Yeah. So, you know, my parents were, uh, neither of them musical at all. I mean, my dad, my dad couldn't play a record player. <laughs> He's tone <totally> deaf. <laughs> um, but, to you know, to stop the uh, out of tune plinking on a plastic guitar, they got me a real one. Yeah. At that young got, age, so basically, yeah. literally, kind of out of the womb, sort of thing. I mean, that's just yeah. I mean, I was having classical guitar lessons at seven, eight years old, wow. and uh, by the time I went to secondary school over here, which is eleven, yeah, yeah, I was pretty much a better guitar player than the music teacher at school. Oh, you know, my and I, gosh. I, was, I went to. Royal College of Music yeah. as an outpatient and yeah. stuff. Who were you listening to? By? I mean, obviously Beatles picked that up. But who else is guitarist? Uh, first, well, the, the first thing I learned was The Shadows, you know, uh, Apache, Hank Marvin and stuff, yeah. you know, and pretty much everything. And I, I did start, you know, writing my own stuff at that age as well, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, and I'd go and camp outside the local venues yeah, yeah. to listen to the likes of Deep Purple when yeah. they were playing clubs and stuff. I wasn't allowed in. I was too young. Yeah, too young. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, in 71, yeah. I saw Humble Pie in Hyde Park in uh, London uh, opening uh, for Grand Funk, yeah. and they completely blew Grand Funk out of the oh, water. Oh, my God. And I, the first time I saw Steve Marriott, I thought, wow, that's that's what I want yeah, to be, you know. 
And uh, years later, lo and behold, I joined Humble yeah, Pie. That's amazing. And we're going <laughs> yeah, to play one of those songs. But before we do that, we got to circle back and play a little bit of Rebel Heart. Again, we want you all to go out and buy music more now than ever because it's hard for these musicians. They're just not gigging anywhere right now. And so um, let's cue up Rebel Heart off of Bucket's Rebel Heart new release. Chased after money away And I've paid the price I've done my time In a prison I built for my sake Had to swallow my pride When I swallowed your lies Finally looked around to see There's no one here I can trust One the lust has got a teeth in me that song dave i thank you (laughs) i really really (laughs) like and it has as you know as uh mark taylor said a springsteen skinner feel to it it really does and that's jim stapley's uh, is uh, on he's doing vocals on all the songs off that album yeah except for um one lead vocal i've got a few girls singing Ah. bvs and uh, actually on that rebel heart song yeah. In the middle eight, it's Steve Marriott's daughter. No way. Uh, Mon- Molly Marriott sings, uh, yeah. I'll be darned. Wow. Love that song. So y'all go out and buy that uh, CD, 20 Good Summers. Off Actually, of- there's, one, there's one other lead vocal on there on a on a track where we had um, Rick Richards from the Georgia Satellites. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He, yeah, he lives in Atlanta. Yeah, sure. I, I sure. believe, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he, he sang a lead vocal. It's a real, you know, uh, upmarket, so upbeat yeah. Georgia Satellites type tune. Yeah, and, uh, I love that. Well, and again, the whole album, I mean, you crafted it and you laid it out and, I mean, I, I'm old school like you and I, I think that's the way, you know, I'm that, that's I was, this one-off stuff. I, I'm not, can't get my head around that, but nah. it, it seems to be the, the way of the world a little bit. Well, we're going to go, so we're working back in the discology and um, your debut album um, with uh, Bucket and Company as a, as yeah. a soloist, we're going to play a reach out off of that. But, and that came off of um, Guitars, Beers and Tears. And talk about, you, you know, you'd been with a lot of these other groups, but you you mentioned early in the show you wanted to break out and do something on your own. Talk a little bit about that uh, album a little bit more, Dave, if you Well, that, that came about, um, one of my dear friends is uh, Adrian Smith, yeah. the guitarist from Iron Maiden. Yeah. Um, and just Maiden had come back off a tour, a sort of around, I'm thinking, 86. 788. Yeah. And we just wanted to get together and do a gig. So there's Adrian, myself, and another guitar player, Andy Barnett, who was with FM and yeah. other bands, and Nico from Iron Maiden. And we 
rehearsed for a week um, to do two shows in London under the name of the entire population of Hackney, (laughs) (laughs) which is where they were from From. originally. (laughs) Um, Uh. um, Just uh, because we're all writers, rather than just do covers, and we started writing new material for for these gigs, you know, and uh, a couple of years later, Adrian called me from... um, Compass Point in the Bahamas, they were doing a Maiden record, and he called me like three in the morning and said, uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to do Reach Out as a B-side yeah, uh, for yeah. our second single off of Somewhere in Time album, Wasted Years. So they did a version of that, um, which was great. And uh, when I got to do Guitars, Beers and Tears, I, I wanted to do, you know, re-record that, but, you yeah. know, with my band. And Adrian sang it, bless him. Yeah. Um, I recorded all the guitars, the whole track, and he just came along to sing it, and he walked in and went, he said, it's in the same key. I said, yeah, it's in E. <laughs> he said, well, I recorded the last one 25 years ago. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. But he, he did a cracking job on it, though, you know. Oh, he did really. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to play that, but not right this minute. We're going to take a short break to uh, support a sponsor that's near and dear to my heart, uh, Foundation for Premature Infants, that uh, provides monies for the brilliant clinicians who take care of these little people with no voice, these little premature infants. And then we're going to come back, and uh, thanks to both DRS as a sponsor and uh, Foundation for for Premature Infants, we're going to roll the uh, second half hour of the show. The first has just flown by, but we're going to roll that commercial-free and go uh, even deeper into uh, Dave's discology. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Ride the vibe. Michael Litton, the last DJ. The number of premature infants born in the United States each year, 380,000. That's 9.8% of the total births in the U.S. The Foundation for Premature Infants' mission is to advocate for the right of all premature infants to be cared for in a developmentally supportive and age-appropriate manner. Our vision is to ensure that Premature Infants Bill of Rights is the standard of care for all babies born prematurely 24 hours per day, 365 days per year on all shifts in every neonatal intensive care unit throughout the world. Please consider making a donation by visiting us on Facebook, Foundation for Premature Infants, or at our website, foundationforprematureinfants.org. You are back on Ride the Vibe. Michael Litton, the last DJ, playing what he wants to play and saying what he wants to say. Just having a fascinating conversation with Dave Bucket Caldwell and uh, talking about his his release, 20 Good Summers, with his band Bucket's Rebel Heart. We played a couple songs off of that. And now we're going back and we're going to play the song Reach Out. So we're reaching back out to uh, his first album, Guitars, Beers, and Tears. So Dave, if you're uh, amenable, let's uh, cue up a little Reach Out.
Great song. Love it, love it, love it. And that's Adrian Smith on uh, vocals, lead vocals. It, it is. It's actually uh, Steve Harris's daughter, Lauren, is on backing vocals. Oh, be darn. Wow. And are these all the, these uh, daughters, and uh, are they making uh, careers for themselves, Dave? Um, a, a lot of them are. I mean, Molly Marriott certainly is. Yeah. She's got some great albums. Yeah. and. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, we're just all that age where, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> every, every rock star's got a kid out yeah, there right. probably. <laughs> and, but, and, uh, and all forming bands together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, you were, you were telling me a little story in the run-up to the show. I asked you if you were a football fan, EPL. You know, you, you uh, live close to the Tottenham Football Club, but you told me, no, not at all, but you had a little... Uh, tennis in your um you know in your blood and uh, well, yeah. you, you'd put <laughs> i mean that, that that just through music really i mean uh tell, tell we, the we... story of the you know the wimbledon <laughs> i thought that that uh, pat well, cash one i thought that was fascinating it is pat's a dear friend of mine yeah. um australian tennis player that and he won wimbledon yeah. um i'm thinking 88 89 yeah. um um, we were hanging out in London, you know, and he plays a bit of guitar and sings and stuff. So yeah. we were recording Adrian's record. Um, we decided, you know, let's get a rehearsal room and we got him and John McEnroe and Vita Scarolitis <laughs> come down. Uh, we had Zach Starkey, Ringo's son, drummer uh, from The Who. So, speaking of, uh, uh, of siblings, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we, we rehearsed up a set and then we, we did a, a sort of, off-the-cuff gig at the Hard Rock Cafe in London, which yeah. was an absolute hoot, you know. It really was. It was mayhem. You know? <laughs> now, are you, are you comfortable telling the, uh, the McEnroe part of the story? Well, I mean, John, bless him, he was absolutely a lovely man. Well, he's a lovely yeah, man and yeah, all yeah. that, you know. And yeah. uh, in rehearsals, I was absolutely astounded that he was such a gentleman, lovely, yeah. you know. And we'd go out for dinner and hang out. And but I thought this, this, you know, this can't be the same. Yeah. You can't be serious, yeah, right. you know. So <laughs> I did put a sort of an emergency plan yeah. in, in place for the gig. And sure enough, as soon as the audience was in, the red light was on. He's turned his amp up to like a million watts. You know, it's like holy shit. You know, and so I'd switch. I had a foot switch. I'd switch him off. <laughs> <laughs> just before the, you know, he went absolutely ballistic on switching back on again. So, uh, and he, sort of he problem, thought he had problem just problem with, with his, he thought he just yeah. had a problem with his equipment, huh? Yeah, yeah, he'd probably, probably kill me when he sees me again. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is the first, so we've got a scoop here on Ride the Vibe. <laughs> yeah. oh, Don't be surprised if you never hear from me again. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to take out a... Well, he's social distance right now. He can't get to you. <laughs> uh, that's why he's... <laughs> yeah, that's funny. And you said uh, Vetus was a, is a very good, very accomplished guitar player. It certainly was, yeah. I mean, bless him. Lovely fellow. And I believe... I mean, how we met all these people. Adrian was on tour with Iron Maiden yeah. in Australia. Yeah. And Pat put, Adrian's an avid tennis player. Yeah. Pat put a note under his door saying, I'll trade you some lessons for guitar lessons. You know? oh, and apparently Vetus did the same with Eddie Van Halen, Eddie so Van he had quite, quite the teacher. Wow. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> wow. Now, how did you and Adrian become uh, such best mates? What's the story um, there? Let's see. We were probably both about 19. This is when pub rock was really big okay. in England. Yeah. Um, and I had a band called Angel Street. Okay. And he had a band called Urchin. And both bands played residences in pubs uh, seven nights a week for wow. like two or three years. Oh I mean, that's, that's where we learned our trade, yeah, you know. Sure, sure. And uh, Urchin had this a big 52 foot seater coach painted in white. So Angel Street got one and painted it in black. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'd, we'd be resident in all the same gigs, yeah. you, you know, Monday night, the Thomas and Beckett in you know, old Kent Road, yeah. Tuesday, Paddington, Wednesday, Windsor Castle, Thursday, Brett, not blah, blah. So we just, we've just met and really loved each other's bands. Yeah. And 
both had mutual, you know, admiration for the likes of Steve Marriott, et cetera. So would you say Steve was one of your role models or your, you know, kind of someone you really emulated? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Steve's guitar, obviously I can't sing. Um, No one can sing like him, but um, I just loved his guitar playing. And I mean, Mick Rouse was a massive influence on me. Um, When he was in Mott the Hoople, you know, I, I, Looked like he had the same hair, oh, you had the same Les Paul Jr., the same boots and yeah. everything, you know. Yeah. And eventually that sort of trickled along, you yeah. know. And uh, I saw Bad Company's first gig in London in 73. Yeah. And uh, after that, when Bad Company first split up the first time round, Mick yeah. put his own band together mm-hmm. and the word had gone out, there's this kid that looks just like you and, <laughs> <laughs> Got the same guitar. So this guy came up to me in a bar and said, are you the fellow that like Mick's maps? <laughs> I said, yeah. He said, well, do you want to audition for his band? I oh went, yeah. So he, he said, well, turn up at Nomi's studio tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. And the drummer was Chris Slade from ACDC. I'll be darned. Uh, I think it was Pino Palladino from The Who on bass. Uh, uh, uh. Mick, Mick didn't even show up, you know. Oh, he did. trying out a couple, <laughs> couple of players. But yeah. halfway through the second song, they stopped me. I was like, oh, shit, you know. And they went, no, no, it's fine. They got Mick on the phone and said, we got the guy. You know? I'll be darned. Wow. <laughs> And that went on to me joining Bad Company, obviously. Oh, and that is a brilliant segue into the next song I want to play. Uh, okay. And, the, the, you know, in the run-up to the show, you and I had a conversation on the phone, and I just was blown away by the story. And I want to, I want to play the song first, I think, and then have you share the, the story, the backstory. The song is titled Little Martha. And it's off of Company of Strangers, the Bad Company 11th studio album. And then I want to, and I want to play this, if if you're amenable, I want to play this almost in its entirety, Dave, because there's just, I just get chills uh, with with the story you tell about, or told me about this. So, Wahid, if we could cue up Little Martha. The stems of their roses still in your hand. The seasons of time weathered your face. You, little mother, is no disgrace. So now, little mother, here you live, just 12 years old, and no time to Some don't arise when you're not in mind. Not a day goes by without you. Even though you're looking down on me, tell me, angel, will you? Circle is all too complete. Now I stand here feeling so sad because we both know the good times we had. So now, little mother, here you leave. Life is all gone, no time to
gosh. And I just, that, mm, that song blows me away. And y'all, uh, <laughs> when you hear this backstory, I think you're going to get chills as well. Dave, uh, talk about how that song came about. Um, I remember when, uh, when Stevie Ray Vaughan passed away yep. in 90, I think, 1990. Tommy and Chris from Double Trouble wanted to go out and do some shows immediately in, in tribute to him. Yeah. And um, I'd just finished a bad company tour. And they called me and... You were over in Heathrow, right? You were in the airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, <laughs> just got back and they paged me, you know, when you go to the ticket desk. And, and, and my, my friend, there was a tour manager for this tour, said, yeah. you know, there's a ticket, but they want you. I'm like, you're kidding, you know. <laughs> And they had Chris Anderson on guitar from the Outlaws as well. So, yeah. and Chris is a brilliant player because I'm nothing like Stevie Ray Vaughan. But yeah. I thought, well, you know, yeah, get back on the plane, get out there, you know. <laughs> you had to tell and Michelle, thought, hey, Michelle, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. I'm, I'll be I'll back I in bought, a little while. I bought a, a greatest hits album to play on the plane on the way back. I'm like, shit, he's a bit good. <laughs> So you had you had not really well, been too familiar with Stevie Ray? No, 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 not particularly. I'll you know, be and yeah. uh, and also there's, we had Matt Apps from Government Mule on drums as well, two drummers. Yeah, and uh, Mike Koch from uh, Molly Hatch on keyboards. It was a you know a big band. So yeah, uh, and we we did mainly Florida and Georgia dates and stuff. Yeah, we found ourselves you know in, in a certain graveyard in yeah. Georgia, which what? I really. Didn't know any. Yeah. Uh, so you're driving of. with this. You're driving with this tour manager and so, and wrote because the Rose Hill Cemetery in Macon is not that you know it's not like real easy to find. So you find yourself at the Rose Hill Cemetery. In yeah, I, mean, I was probably sleeping sleeping in the back of the van <laughs> or something. I don't, and everybody else is American, so I couldn't understand. And yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're but, in- uh, and, uh, and there was this, you know, a statue of a 12-year-old yeah. girl called, called Martha. Martha which, Ellis, you know, yeah, who died yeah, in the late really, 1800s. Yeah, unbelievable, really, 12 years really old. Po- yeah. Really poignant, you know, and uh, yeah. Paul, the tour manager, started writing some lyrics and stuff, and we just messed around with the, the song over the, yeah. you know, next months and all the rest of it, and it, it came round to, I think, 94. Five when we recorded Company of Strangers and yeah. we were demoing yeah. tunes and I, I put that song forward and Simon Kirk particularly loved it. He said, yeah. look, we've got to do this song. He said, I'm going to get my friend Michael Kamen to do a string quartet arrangement. Yeah. Yeah. And Michael's like massive, you know. So uh, we cut the song and we went out on a radio tour after that and the DJs were asking me about, you know, you know, the Allman Brothers and all that. I'm like, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. It's just a coincidence. And, and if, <laughs> if you all can't, if you all aren't getting chills right now, I mean, think about it. And because I, I just recently did my tribute to all of the Allman Bros kind of tour and went down to Macon, did the Rose Hill Cemetery along with the, you know, the cafe where they ate, et cetera, and went to the big house for a fascinating tour. But that, that statue of little Martha is not, that heart or the you know the, the in the cemetery is not that easy to find so here two in that song little martha by the allman brothers was the only track that uh Dwayne wrote solos completely solo instrumental sure right totally instrumental and yeah yeah leo kotke said of it that it was uh, the most perfect guitar song ever written i mean so you've got two giant musicians that uh, that are gravit that that are pulled to this little Martha Martha Ellis it just I don't know what a spirit she had I mean and and to, absolutely and, yeah. and to have died so young yeah unbelievable and as I understand it you know and doing a little more research on the on the backstory on on Dwayne's writing of it he um you know had a girlfriend that he called um you know he said she looked like martha washington and <laughs> so he called her little martha so it's like so many songs you know it's kind of a combination of uh, the statue or the the gravesite and then his relationship with uh, his girlfriend at the time but yeah it's just unbelievable it's also i mean you know some of the lyrics i mean my i because my dad was away a lot and mum was working. I was brought up by my, my little grandmother, yeah. and her name was Martha. Oh, no way. 
So, yeah, I mean, she was tight. She's like about four foot six, you know. <laughs> so little would be apply to that yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Well, y'all need to go out and uh, buy that album, Company of Strangers. Get that, listen to that single, Little Martha, and then cue up Dwayne's version, uh, the instrumental version. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I, I, I'm, I was floored when we talk, talked uh, talked about that story so and that uh vocalist was uh robert hart who had just robert replaced hart. um brian uh howell right brian howell yeah yeah correct who yeah. had just replaced paul rogers so this next uh bad company song we're going to tee up this is a live version ready for love and you can check it out y'all on uh, youtube and this has paul rogers on vocals and we're going to play it uh, up to about the 310 mark, a little past the 310 mark, because Dave's got a brilliant guitar solo in there uh, that I, I want you all to hear. So if we could, Waheed, let's uh, tee up, ready for, cue up, ready for love. the Bob Michael in the last DJ playing what he wants to play. And in that case, playing all the way through to Dave's 
guitar solo. And Dave, <laughs> when we were offline, Dave said he appreciated that <laughs> as a guitarist. <laughs> and he was telling me that's a, a, a Peter Frampton gave you that guitar. He sent it down, yes, his signature model. And oh, uh, he sent me one down on that tour. Yeah. It's great. So that, and that the video you were telling me was recorded partly in Anaheim, California, and then partly in Denver. And Correct. in watching the YouTube, you know, people comment and, um, I just want to share with you a couple and you probably have already seen these, but the, one of the folks said the definition of a great solo, melodic, soulful, beautiful, and simple. And then another one, another res uh, respondent said, I know he's not the original, but I like this guitar player better than Howard Lease or Mick Ralphs. So high praise given your you know, uh, appreciation of Mick Ralphs. And then someone right below that said, Bucket, Crawwell is a monster, a true professional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hush. <laughs> Are you getting the big cabeza? Where's that parrot? Well, that parrot needs to... <laughs> Michelle, bring that. What'd you tell me the word the parrot has? What, what's, what, what's the parrot say? Oh, I can't use the F word on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought the other didn't. Didn't the parrot? Wouldn't the parrot call you an arse? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god! In abuse. Yeah. <laughs> take, <laughs> take that cabeza down. Well, that's fantastic. Great stuff and and great compliments. So, um, we're, the time is just flying by here, but I want to get one more song in because we've worked back in your discology, and uh, you were talking about you know your time with Humble Pie offline and you mentioned that you'd come through with Humble Pie in 2018 to Atlanta playing of all places the city winery <laughs> which um, for those of those locals that have been to city winery is typically not a, a venue that would you know um, have a, a band like <laughs> Humble Pie. We, Dave and I were talking about the fact that the Marshall Amstacks would be taking up the whole stage um, but we're going to play a, a song <clears throat> that for me, Dave, and I mentioned this in the run-up to the show, uh, was um, significant during my high school days, living in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The song is 30 Days in a Hole, in the hole, and invariably when one of my mates would, and I, and or I, would get um, grounded for some infraction, staying out too late or whatever it might be, and, you know, then the rest of us were out partying. What we would do is we would call our friend up who was grounded and we would play. <laughs> we would play 30 days in the hole. <laughs> Somewhat mean spiritedly, <laughs> but uh, in a te teasing way as we were all, you know, drinking our beers and, and having a good time. And they were uh, in their house grounded. So uh, if we could, why let's let's cue up 30 days in the hole.
You are back on Ride the Vibe. Michael Litton, the last DJ. And you're, as I understand it, uh, Dave, that song was written uh, autobiographically about some of the their drug busts and uh, time <laughs> they spent. And, and Durban Poison is not a, a beer, but actually uh, heroin, I guess they're referencing. Is that, is that right? Well, I mean, it, all of that is a bit conjecture but yeah there's some truth to it i'm sure yeah i mean without a doubt humble pie in those days were untouchable as a live act i mean the only band that came close in my opinion was the who yeah humble pie was just great yeah to use the words of one of the uh, posters on that youtube uh, monsters they were yeah i mean I, i was lucky enough to meet jerry when he was a DJ in uh, Cleveland. Wow. Uh, introducing the Bad Company show. Yeah. And I, you know, got myself all psyched up to introduce myself because he's from the same town as me. Oh you know, his mum actually taught me at school for two weeks, oh, you know. No and uh, we're both little fellas from Wolfram Cross and uh, yeah. just head it off. So when mm. they put Humble Pie back together, him and Greg Ridley and yeah. Bobby Tench in 2000, they asked me to join. Mm. Um, mm. We did a record then, mm. um, but we put the band back together in 2018 mm. to keep the music alive. Yeah, absolutely. you know, with Je- Jerry owns the name and yeah. he's involved in running it. Or he doesn't come on the road anymore, yeah. but you know, it's the fans just love it. So yeah. uh, we'll we'll be out once all this nonsense goes away. Yeah, I was going to we'll ask as we're tour. right at the, the top of the hour here and it's just flown by and you've been so gracious and really appreciate you coming on Ride the Bye. But what, uh, so when the, when the world kind of gets back on its axis, what's what's next? A Humble Pie Tour or back? What, yeah, what, 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 uh, Humble Pie Tour, yeah. Wow. I mean, that, that's my, uh, I mean, we're right halfway through writing a new Rebel Heart album, oh, which is yeah. uh, my outlet for songwriting, if, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, because Humble Pie, the band live, we, we just do, you know, the material from the band. Yeah. It's, it's pointless recording anything new yeah. without Steve, you know what I mean? Right. We've right. Got, a, got a great singer, Jimmy Coons from the band Cactus, oh. who's uh, in that ballpark. Yeah. It's a great show, you know, yeah. we do a lot of the hits and rocking the film more and all the rest of it. Will you do um, smaller venues like City Winery, or what's the plan for um, the venues? We, we, we've done that for the last year and a half. Um, we're trying to hook up now with you know an opening slot on a you know a shed tour. Yeah, or some some of some of the bigger rock clubs. Right, right. Wow. Well, we hope you make it to Atlanta. Look forward to to meeting you in person and uh, see if we can get down to uh, Macon, Georgia. That'd be great. Dave, it's just been a pleasure. The time has flown by. Y'all go out and buy some of that music, all of it. <laughs> Support musicians. God, Thanks, Michael. God bless, and David. Waheed, yep. And And lovely Lucy. Thanks. Oh, absolutely. Thanks so much, y'all. Bye-bye. Let's set the record straight. Better get her done, son, because the hour has grown late. Maybe there's a DJ Better late than never, here's my thanks to every place my song on the